This is Bang Your Bookie's Wife, the sports gambling podcast that got smacked around last week in like the NCAA at a Supreme Court hearing. Uh, still, fuck Alito, though, and I'm Joe Public, uh, joined by <laughs> someone who had a less than stellar Sweet 16, my guy Rain Man. Are you feeling any more confident heading into the final four, my dude? Yeah, I'm feeling more confident this time around. There were there were a lot of crazy upsets, but what we're starting to see happen is a window into the future, and I think it's finally transparent and no longer opaque. So, yeah, we're, we're doing better. What the fuck does that even mean, buddy? Jesus. And on the other end of the podcast, we have a Capper. It's a mental journey, Joe. Uh, it's a mental journey we're going through. your therapist. On the other end of the podcast, we have Capper. Uh, who, do you, uh, who do you got in the final four? Who's your favorite? What's your favorite pick among the two games? Favorite pick in the first, um, the semifinal games. I said it last weekend. I'm sticking to it. Gonzaga, until they prove me wrong, I'm riding them against the spread, money line to win the championship. That's it. Laying 14 in a in a semifinal is so insane. You have to do it. I I concur. That was going to be my pick as well. Give me Gonzaga. Take all those points. Well, let's sing it now. Let's sing it now. Go, Gonzaga. G-O-N-Z-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G-A-G
so let's go right to the final four. We got uh, Baylor minus five against Houston in the early game, and this is a uh, this is a matchup. We, me and Rayman, have talked a little bit about it uh, pregame. I'll let I'll let you start, Rayman, if you want to make your case first, because I'm on uh, Houston on this side. I think you're on Baylor, correct? Yeah. I'm on Baylor, and I don't think this is particularly close. Uh, I love Baylor. I love Gonzaga. I love both the faves and the Final Four. Baylor has been one of the top three teams all year. You had Gonzaga. You had Baylor. You had Illinois. Uh, Illinois got a real tough go with Loyola, who was an underseeded team in the same region of the country, and that's probably why they faltered. No reason to think Baylor isn't a true number two team here. And Houston... They've looked good, but they've also stumbled. They should have lost that Rutgers game. And I just can't shake that because Baylor, I don't think, would ever be in that position. They've won every game this year in the tournament by at least nine points. They're the number one three-point shooting team in the country. Their defense is ranked 28, but they can play better than that when they're playing up to their full skill set. They've got a lot of bigs. Houston's got some athletes and some talent, but nowhere near the level of talent Baylor has in this game. I, I think Baylor can cover relatively easily, and it's only five points. It could be a close game, and Houston will be fouling to try to make the championship, and Baylor will find a way to cover that five. Are you are you on the same page there, Caver? Um, I I pretty much agree with everything Rainman says, but I'm just going to take the other side. Um, I think this is our best chance for a very close back and forth. Um, I think both teams can get hot from from three in stretches. So I think Houston's going to be able to do enough to keep this game close down the stretch. Um, they've played like, – I know they haven't played anybody exceptional. They're the only – I think they're the only team to not only play, play a single-ranked seed in the tournament yep. to make it to a Final Four. Didn't, didn't play anyone special in the regular season. Arguably haven't done it in the tournament either. They, um, they, they struggled against Rutgers in the second round, but I think that was a turning point. I think we saw that – Cougar team that we saw all season long in the AAC, which was a very competitive conference, really came out um, in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight matchups. I know it was against lesser talent, but they played some teams that really had a lot of success in the tournament up to that point. Um, and it's still a very good Houston Cougars team, very well coached with Calvin Sampson, um, I... Quentin Grimes, his lifeblood. I mean, that guy, anytime they needed a big shot, he had it like and they didn't play super close games i love baylor um and i think as crazy as the tournament's been i think a lot of people said that gonzaga and baylor were the two best teams in the country all year long like and i think they proved that you know kind of just leaving a wake of destruction in their path um to get to this point but the tournament has been very crazy we've got an 11 seed in the final four um, and I think we'll I think we'll still see a little bit of craziness here, even if it even if so Houston doesn't pull this I, off. I think five. I, I got Houston on the money line here. Uh, and I, so what I see, what I see, <laughs> I, I think we have a matchup really of strength versus strength. If you look at these two teams, I take exception to one thing I take exception to from Rain Man is the idea that Baylor is at a different talent level. I fundamentally disagree with that. I think Houston's a pretty talented basketball team and if you look at both teams they both have three guards that average in double digits they both shoot the three well both experienced both well coached Houston is number three in Ken Palm Baylor is number two so you got you got it that close I look at the differences so what's the difference they're really the only flaw with Baylor all year where they've shown a little fallibility is they're a little soft on defense 
Um, you saw that. Reminder: two you losses. You saw that against Arkansas. They came out really hot. They had a 17 lead in the first in the first half that they basically gave up. And you, what I was interested in is the way Arkansas cut down at that lead. The way they were truly just shredding through Baylor's defense. They were getting to the hole whenever they wanted to. I look at I don't think you say yes. Houston hasn't played. Uh, a schedule that's necessarily up to snuff. I think Houston, I think this is the toughest team that Baylor has played all year by a stretch. I think Houston is very good. I think they're very well coached. They have top 10 rankings in both, in both offensive and defensive Kempom. You got to like that rain, man. They're well coached and they're red hot. They're playing great basketball. So I think you're looking at a team that are very evenly matched. And as far as the edge, I think Houston could is going to be able to score and they're very well coached and they have time to prepare. That's why I, I like them in this spot. I like Kelvin Sampson. I'll, I'll push back a little bit on the defensive. I know their metrics aren't great, um, but they've got two guys who are the, in the 10 finalists for defensive player of the year um, in Mark Vitale and Davion Mitchell. Um, yep. and Davion Mitchell had some foul trouble in that Arkansas game. And that's where you saw a few stretches too. from Arkansas where they got, yeah, yeah. I think they both did. So I think there were, um, I think there were there, some issues there. There's on the some defense untapped where they defensive didn't have their, they didn't have their stoppers, but when they yeah. needed it, like they, they get their stops. I obviously, I don't think that Arkansas is on the same level offensively as Houston though. Um, I disagree. I think, I think Houston <laughs> I think plays, close. I think play, Houston plays, definitely plays better defense. Um, Arkansas was just so weird the entire tournament all season long in the SEC. They got behind, and they just they were Arkansas, they had the ability Arkansas to catch fire. Won, they just, but they just Tech, never put together Arkansas a complete beat game. Texas Tech and Oral Roberts by a combined four, four points. Like they they had a good run, but they they won close games. I do think uh, you can say what you want about Houston's run. Oregon State looked pretty fucking good <laughs> in the games they played. They look like a pretty, they look like pretty decent basketball team. Um, well, they play good defense. Uh, I don't. I, I will clarify one thing Rutgers because you game, continue because Rutgers is not Rutgers is a different type of matchup than Baylor is. Baylor's had trouble d'ing up, like, and that that's just like where I just see an opening. I don't see it being. I guess five points in that case just seems like way too many to me. I think it's. I think this is like a much closer game than that. I would still favor Baylor, but but not by the five points. A reminder that Baylor's won every game by at least nine points, and also that the, you continue to undervalue Baylor's three-point shooting. They are the number one team in the country. Houston is not comparative on that. They're in like 63 or something. It's not even close. No, no. It's, um, it's very good. Um, I, I, yeah, they – I think they shoot a lot more volume from three, though, so you have a little bit more variance if they're hitting those shots at a little higher clip. I can just... I think... I mean, I, I want... I don't know. Another tidbit I got at the... Baylor's just so steady. Also, 67% of betters are on Houston. That's a... 67% of betters are on Houston. Yeah, but that, that hasn't mattered a whole lot in the in the tournament so far. No, like, but... There's been a lot of very public teams that have won, and then there have been a lot this of teams was, that... It, I had... It's just... It's just I, I had sixty nine percent of bets on Houston, eighty five percent of money on Baylor. So this is very much a Joe Public bet. Uh, but I, yep. uh, Nine, I like the Cougs. I like Cougar nineteen high. offense, nineteen offensive boards for the Cougars in the last game. Um, oh my god, that was ridiculous! They caught everything. It was insane. Um, just, they moved the ball well, and that's why they won I, the game. I think I, I don't know. This one just seems seems like it's going to be super close. 
either way. I think Baylor pulls it out, but five. Five's They're a, a well-coached team, and they have time to prepare against a defense that's shown weaknesses. I, I, I like, I like Houston in the matchup. Let's go on to the other game. We're, we're all pretty. It, it, we all allowed our takes, and this game, uh, not, not as exciting because all of us are on the same side here. Gonzaga giving uh, 14 points against UCLA. Uh, I'll start just by giving my calculations for this. I think. It's a pretty simple calculation in my mind, and it's that I don't think UCLA is a better basketball team than USC, and USC was not on the same level with Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga's yep. offense is so good, it almost makes you take for granted how really disciplined and remarkable their defense is in terms of their traps and just the pressure they put. They go, uh, and I, uh, I love that UCLA has been able to win in a variety of ways. I love, love Jaime Hawkins, probably my favorite player in the entire tournament. But this is a case where I think the eye test and really the numbers match up. Uh, on, on UCLA's end, of course, uh, Juzang's been red hot, but Gonzaga has a Juzang too and Corey Kispert. Uh, he hasn't played great in this tournament, but he's a 50-40-90 shooter. <laughs> end of story. Drop the mic. 50-40-90 yeah. shooter. Uh, but he doesn't need to be. Jalen Suggs has been a top three pick in the NFL in the NBA draft. He's projected, and he's already playing his best basketball of the season. He was the West Coast Conference Tournament MVP. Um, right now, uh, majority of the bets are on UCLA. Ninety percent of the money on Gonzaga. I I love the Zags for all those reasons. Yeah. Also, shout out to Jay Jai who can really drain the three for Gonzaga as well. And uh, could be a first-round pick I, I, in a lot of mocks. He's he's going there in the late twenties. And, 20s, and the Miami 30s. Dolphins, great. Um, yeah, they um, they just Gonzaga has so many ways that they can beat you, and UCLA has not as many. Um, they've played insane defense. It, it's a it's a staple of Mick Cronin teams um, since he was at Cincinnati. They just like grind you out, try to beat you down. You know, I guess like get to the finish line just barely ahead. And Gonzaga is not that type of team. They run a super efficient offense. They've got four or five scoring options on the court at every any given moment. Um, that that just is not a team that UCLA like as much of a Cinderella run as it's been, and as much fun as it's been to watch. Like this is just not a good good matchup for them. Like and and uh, frankly, nobody's a good matchup for Gonzaga, but UCLA is especially not a good matchup. For I Gonzaga. think with UCLA, it's also worth remembering that two of those wins were were overtime games. So they they came they teeter on the edge. They've lost nine games this season. Um, Oh, everything's close. Yeah, but and I except like they did pull out Appling Christian, who was perhaps not a great basketball team. Uh, but UCLA, <laughs> they are grinded out. They're grind. They're a grinded out team. The only thing is just like the book on Gonzaga is like, oh, we're gonna muck up and grind out this game, and it doesn't fucking matter. What happens is you don't score as much on your possessions, and they score on all of their possessions. I think they've only shot under 50% like twice on the year. There, there's some, I get, at this point, it's worth talking about, like, have you, can you recall off the top of your head college basketball teams you've watched with your own eyes that are better than this Gonzaga team? Because I'm, I'm struggling a bit with that. That Kentucky team with Anthony no, Davis. No, I, I think they'll. Was very, is very good. I think they'll be, if they finish the deal, they'll be the best college basketball team in recent memory. I don't think that there's really an argument against them. Um, it's it's something we've their regular seen. season wins are insane too. Like yeah. if they if they go undefeated, kudos. 
tip the hat. Congrats, Gonzaga. You're going it's to the just, annals of history. It's something we've talked about. It's something we've seen throughout the pandemic. The best teams at the end of the year, they're there. And Gonzaga was always going to be there. Um, they uh, they really might be. I mean, I know this is a weird year, but they really might have one, a claim to one of the best college basketball seasons of all time if they pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and on that note, you can still get Gonzaga minus 200 on a lot of sport books to win the whole thing. Uh, they're obviously like minus 1,100, 1,200, 1,400 in the first game. I expect if they win that game, you'll be having pretty good value with that minus 200, and you'll you'll be glad you took some it. Some of so us – I'm recommending some that. Some of us are writing out uh, Cougar High plus 3,500 futures bets. Uh. I, um, <laughs> I saw a look-ahead line that – uh, Gonzaga will be favored by five and a half against Baylor and nine and a half against Houston if they if they win their semifinal matchup. So um, that that Gonzaga I, the so Baylor like line kind of surprised me. Actually. That Gonzaga Baylor game, like, particularly because the earlier matchup was just canceled, it's just edging, right? Like that's everyone. That's the game, right? Isn't it great that it was canceled? Because yeah. otherwise, Gonzaga. Probably I mean, it's not won great that it was canceled because no a bunch care. of people got COVID. But <laughs> well, a silver lining, if you will. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slight silver lining. No, but uh, I I will say I I I have Houston money line, but I want to see Gonzaga play Baylor. I think if to that point, if Gonzaga beats Baylor, it's gonna be. I do think they'll have a claim because that's a memorable championship game. Not all we don't get that. We not all NCAA. Uh, like March Madness is great, but the championship can be underwhelming. Ultimately, sometimes you got a three seed or whatever. But yep. if we had these two ones going at it, these two ones that everyone had picked before the year going into the tournament, and that would actually played out this way, uh, that would be real nice. Uh, so I disagree. I'm I'm on Baylor, but I want Gonzaga Houston. That way, only the real ones will be watching the watching the championship. Well, they do play basketball in the mid majors. <laughs> And people need to realize that. <laughs> uh, the- uh, any, I will, I will ask real quick. Any leans on the totals? One thirty-four in the Houston game. One forty-five and a half in Gonzaga. Early leans. I'm not. If you haven't looked into them. Uh, I mean, I, I Gonzaga averages ninety-two a game, so I'm never gonna bet an under <laughs> that, like they're involved. Yeah, but if you're, I, I kind of like the under in that because I think the UCLA might just get rocked. It's very Unders possible. have had a dominant tournament. Oh yeah. Um and I Unders are hot. I actually like both unders here. I will say I'm I'm probably gonna be on both unders. Uh we have uh so before we can get to our super special content, I think uh we have to go to it's it's baseball season, guys. Baseball season, how excited. Let's uh you know, it's uh, let's eat a fucking hot dog. Uh we uh wanted to give some quick uh, MLB futures heading into the heading into the season. Um, Capper in particular, uh, did you have any MLB futures you're feeling kind of good about? Well, there's a very easy one on the board. The odds stink for an entire season long bet, but the best player in the American League will go back to winning MVPs. That's Mike Trout. He's plus two twenty to win the MVP. Um, but to me, there's no other competition, and the Angels should be decent this year. I think they probably win close to 85 games, fight for a wild card. So I think if he's healthy, 
I think this is an open shut case for an easy, you know, player long future. Um, I also, I kind of like, um, I kind of like the Angels at a thirty to one future. Um, I think you can get a better price depending on where you look. Uh, forty to one to win the AL. Are they but, still rolling out Pujols' 47-year-old corpse of bat for that team? Uh, he's not going to play much. Um, they've got a pretty potent offense with Trout and Rendon. Um, the starting rotation's gotten a little bit better. I think they're potentially a sleeper team in an AL West that should be a little bit down because the Astros are down. The A's well, always overperform, um, and the Mariners are terrible. So um, that would be kind of a long shot. Short shot, I'll take the Padres plus 750. Um, that's the best of the big three. Um, obviously, they might not win the division, but it doesn't really matter with the way the playoff structures are going to be this season. Um, I think you take your chance with those with those starters in a uh, short series, long series. They should be really good all year, so um, I'll take them as a shorter odds World Series champion. All right, we're a Southern Cali pod. <laughs> Yep, we're doing I, it. Uh, Rayman, you on any futures here? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to recommend the Angels uh, to win the AL West at plus 350 for the same reason that uh, Capper kind of a, said Seattle's fraudulent. Uh, the Astros haven't been good since the cheating scandal because guess what? They were good because they were cheating. And uh, <laughs> Oakland's Oakland. Like, who cares? Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess we're an Angels pod. Oh, thank God. Um. Go Angels also, go Rangers, and on this forgotten team. Rangers Joey Gallo. Horrible. Yeah, you can hit a lot of dingers, but that's about it. A lot it. of dingers. Rangers very bad. Uh Angels win total is 82 and a half, so I would like that over because I think they get into that 85 87 potentially on the brink of a wild card berth. Um well if the Angels aren't on the brink of a wild card berth, that Mike Trout plus 220. Now, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. It matters a little bit. It doesn't it matter. matter I don't think it does. They've never been bit. good. He's Dude, won like three Major League MVPs, Baseball so. writers are so fucking lazy. I absolutely. I think they already filled out their fucking MVP ballots. Like I could tell. Like I might be over already. Uh, my um, the, <laughs> the the vote's currently being tabulated yeah, by Ernst and Young. The other team I like for a win total is the Nationals. Eighty three and a half right now. Um, you got to lay a little extra juice on the over. But um, that's super good offense. Really young, talented team. Still got the horses at the at the front end of the rotation. So I think they win wow. a bunch of games. They took the fences down at the Capitol, and Capper's going for the Nationals. <laughs> a reason to celebrate cherry blossom season, I, everyone. Uh, we're we're going we're going on both coasts right there. East coast, West. I coast. I got just one. Uh, I got one future I like, and it's a player prop. Um, and I love it. And it's uh, Framil Reyes over 32 and a half home runs. That guy's hitting 45 this year. Easy. He cranks it. I love watching. He's he fucking just cranks home runs. You don't you don't buy into the Major League Baseball stance that they dejuice the balls. Yeah, they wink, de- wink, nod, they nod. Juiced him. But he has so much <laughs> juice. He's over juiced. So also they definitely didn't dejuice the balls. Uh, they might have. Okay. I wouldn't be no, surprised. We'll they, see. Who cares? I wouldn't we'll be see. surprised. They fuck everything. Uh, up. Yeah, they're so bad. Fans love watching flyouts. Uh, love it. T- really puts I'm, the asses in the seats. At the All Star break, they'll figure out nobody cares anymore, and they'll rejuice them, and then the balls will just <laughs> be flying. But Fran Mill, he's at a home run friendly park. 
The guy's a 6'5 monster. Just take the bet, and then all year, enjoy yourself when you flip on the Midnight Sports Center and you see another fucking dinger from Fran Mill. All he does is fucking hit home. All right, I'll ride. Why not? The the Franimal. The Franimal. You can text it. We're on it. So we're in Los Angeles, Angels, and a Franimal pod going forward. It's the only thing that can get me excited about baseball. Go go in on the (laughs) BYVW props this year. Uh, We're a Fran Mill prop. This one we do together, folks. Uh, yeah. This is something that we aren't going to do together now. We're going to go to the very end of the pod, something I've been looking forward to a ton. Uh, so as, as people who listened last week might recall, um, all of us made picks against the total and the spread in the Sweet 16 games. And the deal was whoever uh, had the best picks was able to give the person who had the worst picks uh, an album to listen to and then write a 500 word essay reviewing. So, uh, capper actually had the best picks, uh, unsurprisingly had a great run. Um, and, uh, you'll be shocked to know that rain man had the worst picks in the sweet 16. So as a result, the opaque glass, um, capper, what, what album did you request, uh, rain man listen to? So, um, we, I got a text, the game started Saturday. I got a text Saturday morning. Um, we were both on Loyola, and then we had seven different um, picks for the last seven of the eight games. And Loyola ended up losing outright. Kind of got embarrassed. And Rain Man texted me and said, "Oh, and eight coming for you." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> ended up losing the second one. Then reeled off five in a row. It was over Sunday afternoon. So I was just stewing on it. I settled on um, a 2009 classic by the Insane Clown Posse, Bang, Pow, Boom. ICP. Those are all exclaimed. Nuclear. You forgot nuclear. Yep. And um, and so officially we have turned Rain Man into a juggalo, and I am excited to hear what his thoughts are. I, I want to clarify something from the outset. Rain Man had never heard of Insane Clown Posse before being asked to listen to this a uh, 25 song album i believe it's an hour 49 minutes of, of music that he had i take that as a as a as a point of pride <laughs> to be uh fair. so without further ado uh rain man what did you think of this insane clown posse album that you had to listen to or, or, yeah. well so the actual bet was i had to write an essay so excuse me if this sounds more like an audiobook than it does me podcasting but I do have a written word that I will speak for you if you would prefer. I would, I would be honored. And just to get, and just to yeah. set the mood, I'm going to see if there's an instrumental version of Miracles I can start playing in the background as you read this. Let's see yeah, that, that'd be perfect. So just picture this uh, Harper's Magazine circa 2010, maybe page 17. Forgettable page. Forgettable page. All right. <laughs> I regret to inform our listeners that my colleagues on this podcast have made a mockery out of the competition. Rather than assign me a musical album where I could give a measured and reasonable evaluation and maybe even experience something new and maybe share that something new with our listener base, they assigned me Insane Clown Posse's Bang Pow Boom Nuclear. To the listeners, this album does not deserve your attention, nor should you give it any. It saddens me that Capper and Joe have the humor proclivity of the Impractical Jokers cast and thought it would be funny to make me listen to the entirety of Bang Pow Boom Nuclear and write this review. But just as it was not funny when I listened to the entire two hours of the album, it surely will not be funny for you to listen to my review of the album which you have not listened to, nor will you ever listen to. 
What they did here was akin to Joe Gatto sending someone into a painting class to fart really loudly over and over again and then laugh at when the normal people just trying to paint react in completely normal ways to someone serially farting over and over again in a painting class. Ha! Anyways, at its best, Insane Clown Posse is a cheap facsimile of the Beastie Boys, and at its worst, Insane Clown Posse is offensive, appropriative, and just plain bad. Insane Clown Posse, referred to simply as ICP with its fan base, is emblematic of the genre of horrorcore rap. But don't be fooled, ICP did not create the genre, nor do they really excel at it. The group Fat Flatliners popularized the genre in New York in the early 90s, and the Houston group Ghetto Boys originated horrorcore with the, their first album, Making Trouble, in 1988. Newer groups such as <laughs> Twisted sucks, and dude. Necro have gone on to surpass in message and talent. <laughs> Obviously, race plays a factor, and that's why I find ICP's music so distasteful. And while I'll just touch on it briefly, as I'm more interested in what others have to say on the subject when it comes to rap and hip-hop than myself. But a couple of white kids going on named Violet J and Shaggy Too Dope mocking a nascent black art form is facially problematic. But it's also worth considering why Flatliners and the Ghetto Boys often do not get credit for originating the horrorcore genre itself. Because, well... You know, they're black artists and as such, we're not viewed as in on the joke that ICP appropriated and the faux angst culture ICP worked so hard to cultivate. Capra and Joe are expecting a musical review of the album. Sorry, but I will give one quite, quite tersely. The album is bad. It is bereft of musical talent, bereft of depth, and bereft of any reason for existence. The rapping is bad. The beats are bad. The musical arrangements sound like they were made on a small electronic Casio keyboard true. that was purchased with bar mitzvah money. And the lyrics are so bad that you almost wonder if ICP is parodying itself in its 11th studio album. But then you quickly realize that any self-satire is purely unintentional. <laughs> Bang Pow Boom Nuclear has more stylistic similarities to Weird Al Yankovic than it does to DMX or Eminem or other actual artists engaging the genre at the time. The album is mired in a continuing storyline with numerous skits and spoken portions wherein rednecks, pedophiles, and white beaters receive phone calls to attend a dark carnival, which actually happens once a year in Detroit, for which such abhorrence are promised $100,000 for attending. Oh, how interesting. The most popular song from the album is Miracles. Although popular, <laughs> it is not really the correct word. A better word would be notorious. Miracles is ICP's best attempt at depth but doesn't even come close to achieving its goal, and it's about as intelligent as a sixth grader getting high for the first time. Yes, the recurrence of middle school imagery is intentional here. The song lyrics focus on everyday things and attempts to show and appreciate the miraculous nature of our existence. Water, fire, air, and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? And the sun, the moon, and even Mars. The Milky Way and fucking shooting stars. UFOs, a river flows, plant a little seed, and nature grows. Got it! Nature is cool! Another notorious song from the album, Boing Boing, an attempt at comedic sex-forward rap, probably best explains why it's taken so long for someone like the actually talented Dave Bird, better known as Little Dicky, to achieve mainstream success and collaborations within the black rap and hip-hop community. The community had every right to be skeptical of Dave's intentions after bands such as ICP ridicule the art form. <laughs> Juggalo music is not good. Juggalo music is not creative. It is not different. It is not special. It is music for white adolescents who felt rejected from the system and greater society, so felt the need to mock everything and tear it down. Unfortunately, those adolescents have now matured into fully formed, malfunctioning adults, and that's why the Capitol was raided in January. <laughs> Capper, Joe, I hope you're pleased with yourselves. <laughs> That's a hammer. Oh, God. 
I so you I so you think juggalos are so you like it? That's probably true. So you, <laughs> so you like it? Percent true. There is no doubt in my mind that juggalo subculture became only, QAnon there, subculture. There's you, only one question. There's gonna be. Is that not in the HBO doc? If so, they there's missed that. There's only one that. question I have for you, Raven. You brought up, uh, you know, just respecting the genre since you know so much. Can you tell me one song by DMX? You can't Google. Give me one song by DMX. X gon' give, right, give it to you. X gon' give it to you. X gon' give it to you. I'm good. He's so glad I didn't ask him to name two. <laughs> it was horrible guys like it was of course it was astonishingly bad you it's have you listened to more than miracles no because <laughs> well, let me tell will. you miracles doesn't sound anything similar to the rest of the album i did like this single that's the thing part. i think you might get fucking killed by jo- I, hope, I hope we get docs so you get killed by juggalos <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that would be so great if you got killed by jugglers. <laughs> <laughs>